When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with my beloved wife, Lisa Bilyeu. What's up? Pick it up. Pick it up. Indeed. How are we doing? What's up? We're going to New York. Word. Comic. Red eye, homie. Yeah. Straight Comic to the Con. NYC. Launching Indeed. Neon Future. I'm so excited. You and I'm I so excited. I'm really mostly excited though because, like, babe, you've worked so freaking hard on this. Yes, baby, you've so, been very sweet about that. And Thank to be you. honest, with all my understanding and sweetness of how I've completely been neglected for the last yeah, six months, that is um, fair. it's actually like one of the. It really does make a difference though. Yeah. It's like it's finally coming to fruition. So seeing people enjoy the comic book will make it right. all worth it. Wow. And to be honest, in fact, screw that. It's got nothing to do with other people. It's actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just seeing you. I, you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, baby. That seeing that, like how hard you worked, seeing you up, you know, with Steve Aoki holding that comic book, like it's all freaking worth it. Wow. Keep your eye on the prize. Yeah, buddy. And that's really what I did when, you know, times were hard and times were hard. I that's mean, you know, let's <laughs> put hard in quotes. Like I was getting neg- neglected by my husband right. is what I mean. Relationship hard. Relationship hard, hard yes. Yeah. Um, all right, ready to dive in? Ready. Let's do this. All right, so um, this question is from Chris Davis. My wife has a growth mindset that is amazing, and I'm learning how. Sorry, and I'm learning how, but it conflicts sometimes with my military mindset. Mm. I am the type there's an execute mission, then discuss after type of person. How do I help myself from becoming dis? Uh, dis- Sorry. How do I help myself from becoming discouraged in my endeavor to adapt to the growth mindset? Well, I don't see the difference. So um, I, if he was talking about like principles, then I can understand if he was like, you know, to have to sit here and discuss everything beforehand, it's just not efficient. That I would understand. But a growth mindset just means that you're always looking for ways you can improve, what you can learn. You're taking responsibility for yourself. I mean, that... I mean, there's a reason that Extreme Ownership, which is one of the most growth mindset books ever written, was written by um, a Navy SEAL. I believe that's what he was. So, so, yeah, there is... I don't... I mean, look, I've never been through military training, so I can't say for sure. But judging by the fact that Jocko's book is um, all growth mindset all the time and that he seemed to draw a parallel directly with being a great leader in the military... And a growth mindset, I don't quite see how the two are excluded. But going back, or mutually exclusive, going back to what he said, though, at the top, which was that he basically likes to do it first, all execution, then talk about it later. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just trying to reach into his soul to see what he might really be talking about. 
Um, certainly in a relationship setting, communication being so important to discuss things, to get the other person involved, I could see how that would be somewhat of an issue and certainly has been an area that I have been really bad at, which is doing communication even when it's inefficient. And there are like nine times out of 10, if you and I have friction, it's because um, we're having to discuss something in an inefficient manner and it's driving me crazy. And that's where it's hard, I think, for business versus relationship when you blend the two is because when we're at work and I'm talking about something like, like about business and you'd be like, get to the point, like, oh, okay, shit, 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 okay, I'll get to the point. But then in personal, where I'm like hanging out with my husband at night and I'm <laughs> making my dinner and I'm telling you a story about something that's happened in my life or something, right. I spoke to my mom and my mom was saying this and I'm like telling you like that she... So I went to pick up my phone, <laughs> but I like couldn't find it. And then like I finally found it. And the crazy thing was there was like this weird alarm going off and I was I'm like, I don't even not- remember setting that alarm. <laughs> And then I did remember setting it, and I remember Michelle was like saying something while I was writing it. So there's this funny typo, uh, okay. and it's like, oh my god, what is happening? But the truth is, I'm not that bad. I know women that are that bad. I'm actually not. But it, it, it actually feel like I'm sharing, and that was one thing we almost had to get to the point of like, I needed you to understand that because you're like, just get to the point. And here I am trying to bond with my husband. I didn't like that. And I remember saying to you like, that doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel like my husband wants to hear about my life. Even if I'm waffling, let's pretend that I waffled as badly as you just did. Um, Let's pretend. (laughs) Let's put pretend in air quotes. We're pretending right now. (laughs) Was it a Monday or was it a Tuesday? Um, but it's, it's one of those, like, I just want, I want to say it in this way. It makes me feel bonded. It makes me feel mm. connected to you. And even if it's not efficient, everything can't be according to your work and how you handle yeah. things. And I remember us having that discussion. You're like, yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, I can't remember what made me start that, that whole thing in the first place. Well, where you were going? Yeah. Um, well, I had said that it's nine times out of ten is the inefficiency. So I think you're just wrapping up with the truth, which oh, is yeah. that it didn't make you feel good. And the strategy strategy that I still sometimes employ at this point, um, it's it just not a good strategy. And so getting to the the truth of why I sometimes allow that frustration out of me um, comes down to a, a conflict of values. It's like I know that what should be the number one is to have like you really feeling good about yourself and to feel like you're my number one and just feel positive when you're around me. And sometimes that really does come into conflict with there's this mission I have in life and I'm trying to achieve Mm -hmm. it and it doesn't seem like this thing in this moment should come into conflict with, you know, what I'm driving towards, where I'm trying to get. but forgetting like it's the death of a thousand cuts. Sure, that one little moment probably isn't that big of a deal. But when you start adding them all up, it makes you feel like, I, like you're not important enough for me to listen mm. to, which is definitely false. But that's inevitably how it's going to come across. And so I really do try to never do that. Um, but you know, there are times where I'm getting like I'm super um, anxious about something or I know I have very limited time and then there, you know, it'll come out. But I've never once thought, oh, I'm really glad that I reacted like that. Right. That's actually a very good point. And I try not to waste your time, but sometimes it is like, no, this is husband and wife time. And even though you don't care, like I, I know that you don't care right now that I'm telling you about this and that. And the thing is, I just I want you to care about 
the fact that I'm sharing more than it、mm. is about the specific thing. So if you're trying to rush me through it, it doesn't make me feel like you want to be there. Yeah, and I mean, so now for because I'm already convinced. I will say for people listening that. That sounds really counterintuitive on the surface, but when you really understand why people take the time to express something, it's they're going through an emotion when they say it. So when it's something that they're excited about, they need someone there to be listening for it to feel real, and they need that person to engage for them to fully be able to experience the emotion that they get from reliving it and telling it. And so, what you're really doing in those moments is allowing them to physically embody the excitement or whatever that thing that they're feeling. Because I've felt that before, where it's like, I know you're not interested in the thing that I'm telling you. Like, I know that. It's just I know you so well, and this is not something you care about. But I really need you to be there, and I need you to like nod at the right times and um and ah at the right times, so that I can embody and live it. And it's like, what a gift. To give to the other person to engage, even when it's something that you really don't care about, so that they can experience the joy that is sharing something that they're legitimately excited about. Now, of course, it's always rad when the thing that you're super excited about, they're also super excited about. But it's not insignificant when it's something that you're excited, they don't share it, but they um and on all the right places.、Mm-hmm. Is that good? Yeah, that was good actually. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, thank you. It's so true though. And the second one that came to mind, by the way, about kind of、um, telling the other person when it doesn't feel right is when you would used to text me K instead of OK.、Yeah. If I would text you something because you were so busy all the time,、um, and I would ask you something like, "Hey, I'm going to do this. Is that you know? How do you feel about it or whatever?" And you'd be like, "K." And I'd be like, "That's so rude." And for you, it's about efficiency. Yeah, like、um, I love that. But for me, it was I spend so much of my time alone, and this was definitely back when I was a housewife and you started the tech company. I was so at my, you know, at home alone for most of the day, and that was the life that we had decided to do. So, like, I was on board. It wasn't I was sitting there seething. Right. But then it was okay. Well, if I'm going to be super understanding, super supportive, and we're going into this goal together, there are still needs that I have. And when you're just texting K, it it feels disrespectful, even though I know you don't mean it to in any way, shape, or form. But it feels disrespectful that. Even then, you couldn't bring yourself to type one more letter,、so、and、funny. so I just told you. I was like, "Look, I know this may be ridiculous because all of you guys and your business partners—that's how you text each other."、Um, and I get it, but it doesn't make me feel good. And so I had asked you, if you don't mind, please just put the the O in front of K. And it was something simple and silly, but again, like I didn't hold back because that's actually dangerous, right? When you're like, "Oh, it's so petty. I shouldn't say anything," but then that pettiness like starts to build up. Um, I was just like, look, I'm not asking a lot from him. I'm very understanding, so it's a give and take. And so for me, it was adding the O. Respect.、So. And the O you get. I do get the O. Thank you, baby.、Um, all right, next question. This is from anonymous, and it's a female. Which, by the way, guys, if you are listening and you do want to submit questions, we do answer them、um, on this podcast, and you can. Email them at connect at impacttheory.com. That is connect at impacttheory.com. And if you would like to stay anonymous, we do respect that. So you're more than welcome to just write anonymous. All right. So this is from anonymous. 
Hi guys, I'm in a relationship but uncertain of our compatibility. I'm not sure if we can be in a romantic relationship due to our differences in how we see relationships. I'm highly emotional and he doesn't show much emotion. Do you believe that communication and setting clear expectations can help us grow from loving each other platonically to falling in love with each other romantically? Um, so, no. So I think that either that spark is there and you fan that into the flames of love or it's platonic. <clears throat> and that doesn't mean that people haven't started as friends and it turns into something, but I really think at some moment and we've heard these stories. Mm. Um, at some moment it goes from, I was looking at them like a friend and all of a sudden I saw them in a whole new light and I realized that I was attracted to them. So I don't think you can process your way. And I mean process like, oh, if we communicate enough, then that spark will happen. Um, that just doesn't seem true at all to me. But she says they're in a relationship. So I'm in a That's relationship, like, but uncertain of happened? our capability compatibility all right so let's let's split this question up into two yeah. so i think you've really asked answered the second question about uh -huh. how do i take it from platonic to in love um let's take then the first part like do you feel like um so if i'm not sure if we can be in a romantic relationship due to our differences in how we see relationships i am highly emotional and he doesn't show much emotion mm -hmm. all right so let's take them in a relationship she's highly um emotional he's not do you think that they can overcome that yeah, um, I, uh, this comes down to like what you want to deal with. So I want to have maybe a slightly even more interesting, at least for me, Excellent. discussion, which is do you think she has and do you think that her life would be better in every conceivable way if she worked on getting emotionally stable? Do I think her life would be 100%? Her life. Yes. Yeah. So that's my take on it as well. I would say that being highly emotional is code for emotionally unstable or emotionally erratic, um, massive amplitude in the emotion. Like I don't want to use an inflammatory phrase here. Um, and so I say with no judgment, just like when you're, when the amplitude of your emotions swing wildly, that is not fun. And I don't think it's fun for the person. And I really don't think it's fun for the person that they're in a relationship with. And one of the things that I've always said about you is um, I tend closer to like the, I'm very in touch with my feminine side and you're very in touch with your masculine side. And so we're both centrists. And is that actually what they call them? Centrists? Hmm. Only politically. I've never heard that with uh, like male, female. But um, so because of that, I am able to really relate and understand you. And mm. because you're tending towards the masculine, you're very emotionally stable. So, and that has always been just incredibly powerful to me that you're emotionally stable. And I remember I've said to people, man, find yourself a woman who is just like really stable emotionally because then it's like you can weather the storms because nobody's adding to the amplitude of a problem situation. And that to me is one of the, that was when I really realized that I wasn't um, necessarily just like amazing at relationships. I just had an amazing partner. And I was like, okay, like the fact that we're always able to get through things because neither of us respond with any grand emotion. Like it's always pretty even keel. But I've worked a lot of that. I never, like in my teenage years, I was definitely emotional. Sure. 
Um, one, I didn't have to deal with that. That's true. So, I guess I was saying that for more that like, I think that anyone listening, if you consider yourself highly emotional, I don't think it's a born trait and it's a fixed trait. I think it's something that you can work through. I will say that it almost certainly has a temperament component, which we'll call genetic, has a massive epigenetic component, component, but no matter what your default setting is, it's just your default setting. And so I think anybody can learn to become emotionally stable. Um, and I, I just think that it should be one of the primary drivers in everyone's life. Like I'm emotionally stable already and I work to get more emotionally stable. Um, but I will say that as a leader, as a husband, as a friend, like my, my most valuable trait is emotional stability. Mm. And I mean, even going to like, and she's saying he doesn't show much emotion. The one thing I would say is like, maybe he doesn't show it, but it doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't feel it. Go on. Well, I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, it's okay. So I was just going to say also on the flip side of that coin, like being emotionally closed off is equally problematic. Right. Yes. Very true. And so then the question is, how does she help him come out of that? Because I'm guessing he feels all the emotions. He just doesn't either externalize it or even internalize it for himself. But it doesn't mean that he's not feeling certain emotions. And so now the key is how do you um, work with each other to, um, I guess, help him be able to say that out loud. Um, so I really think it's twofold, right? She needs to work on, if she's highly emotional, like how do I make sure that I'm, poor Bonzo is choking. <laughs> um, how do I, um, if I'm highly emotional, how do I work? What are the skill sets that I need to acquire? What are the um, tactics I need to implement in my life so that I can practice to not be highly emotional? It doesn't mean that you don't feel emotion. It just means that you don't externalize it in a big grand way um, and then regret it the next day or something. And then for him, he needs to start verbalizing it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's definitely doable. Just it, t it will take a lot of work, obviously and reaching into the soul of their relationship, it is entirely possible that they're amplifying each other, meaning the more closed off he is, the more she feels like she has to react right. bigger to get a reaction. The more she's reacting big, the more like he's like, I'm not even gonna react because there's no room in this for me to have an emotion. Because right. we can't have two people that are you know, going big. Yeah. So it's like, my gut instinct is they would do very well from therapy and being able to talk about this stuff and process through this and figure out like, you know, where everybody is and saying all the things that they need to say and, um, you know, figuring out, does she have past reasons why she need, feels like, um, one, that the emotions come and they're big and two, that she needs to express them in a grand way. Um, and then does he have reasons that he always wants to retreat and, mm. you know, not express his emotions and talking through that I think would be just wildly beneficial. Yeah, agreed. All right, next question. This is from Marilyn Mosquida. I'm sure I butchered that, but sorry. Um, how do you make a relationship work when you both have different mindsets and a level of maturity and responsibility? We both love each other, but we see things differently. Our lives in the now and the other lives on planning for future. Sorry. Wow, I read that wrong. One lives in the now and the other lives on planning for the future. Mm. 
Well, I think that a lot of different personalities like that can really be complementary. So having one person thinking about the now and having the other person planning for the future actually sounds like a wonderful mix to me. And I don't think it's a blanket statement that opposites attract or um, you know, that you have to marry somebody who's just like you. I think that it's nuanced and I think that there are certain things you want somebody to be the exact opposite, neuroticism being a great example. Um, if one person is high neurotic, they're thinking through everything, ah, like they worry about everything. You need somebody who's a calming influence. Mm-hmm. You can't have two people that are like high neurotics. But conversely, if you have two people that never take anything, like they never get wound up about anything or worried about anything, um, then there's no sense of stakes. There's nothing to get them up and really like working hard. Like I've lamented that I have anxiety in my life, but it's also part of what makes me great at my job because I take it seriously and I never fail to prepare because that's what lowers my anxiety. So, you know, like there can be really beautiful things that balance each other out. But you have to understand and respect where the other person is coming from. If you have a judgment that, oh, being in the now, you're just a flibberty gibbet and, you know, you're not, huh? You like that one? What? <laughs> a flibberty gibbet. <laughs> I literally think that's from Mary Poppins. A fl- who? A flibberty gibbet. <laughs> Like a, a flit about, know, you know, somebody so who's. It's even the way you said it. Oh my god. So, if you're being judgmental like that, then you know it's obviously never going to work yeah. because it's not. There's no respect from it. And if you're thinking, oh, you're just stodgy or stick in the mud because you're always planning for the future mm-hmm. and you're never spontaneous. Again, the judgment. So. They're never going to come together and realize, oh, this is actually good Mm -hmm. um, and very beneficial. And you and I have balanced each other out that way very well. Um, You know, I would just get up and do something in a moment without thinking it through. Just like, hey, come on, let's do this. And you like need to plan. You need to know where we're going. Like, oh, the number of times where you've asked me like the same question a thousand times. Where finally I'm like, you're really not going to be able to relax until you know where we're going for lunch and dinner. It's like, okay, fine, let's plan out but I'd be like oh wow I was hungry like 30 minutes ago where should we eat and so very that's different never ended well because then we find we're looking for somewhere we can't agree on somewhere and then before we know it we're both really hungry and now we're just fed up and then we start bickering at each so other is that your way is right is that what I'm hearing <laughs> it is my way is right um yeah I mean I totally agree in regards to like for us, we're very different in certain aspects. And I think because we're so different, we really do balance each other out. And um, I used to see that almost as a little insult. Like if I did something one way, like planning for instance, and you didn't, I kind of saw it as like you were insulting me by saying, well, you're such the planner. Um, And so I used to almost go be defensive about it. But now it's kind of like, okay, well, what do you bring to the table? Oh, you bring surprises, which I'd never expected. Yes, if I'd planned, I never would have thought. You know, we would stumble upon this restaurant. or So trying to see how the other person's differences can actually um, improve the life that you have in the relationship versus like, oh, he's not like me, oh, he's such a pain. Um, so I think that's one thing, right? Just looking at the perspective of it. Um, and then in, even in like responsibilities, for me and you, we laid out very clearly, okay, like what is our goal? So going back to the now versus the future, well, regardless, if you guys are going to be together for a long time, what is the goal of that relationship? What is the goal of that family, right? Like you two as a team. 
and then divide up what those responsibilities are. Sit down and plan it. And then if you start seeing that the other person doesn't want any responsibilities to the goals you have as a team or the goals you have as an individual, then I think that you really have to address that. Like, can you live the rest of your life with somebody that doesn't want to take on these responsibilities? Because you don't want to find it out a year down the line, five years down the line, 10 years down the line um, and be shocked by it. Right? It's like even when we said in our last episode where we were talking about having kids, it's like we actually laid out what every single day would look like, right? From Monday to Sunday. Like what would what would our week look like? What are the responsibilities you're willing to do? And if you're like, look, I'm I'm gonna go to work Monday to Friday and on the weekends I'm either gonna work or I'm gonna hang out with the kids. But I don't wanna feed them, I don't wanna change their diapers, I don't wanna go grocery shopping, and you laid all that and like, look, I'm just being honest. First of all, I can't hate on you, right? Because you're being honest with me. And then B, it at least gives me clarity to go, okay, is this the type of relationship I want? Is this the type of um, partnership I'm looking for? Because you've been very honest. Like to, to be annoyed with you about that is foolish on me. At least you've been honest with me. And then I can go in with open eyes and see, okay, is this what I want to do? And then if it is, then great. Then I know that our differences is something that I've accepted in our life. And there's no nagging. There's no, you know, arguments or disappointment because you've already laid it out for me. So I think you just need to really have that kind of honest mm. discussion. Fish ways. Okay. All right, time for Would You Rather. We would didn't do rather? one last week, so I'm excited. All right, Would You Rather. Would you rather compromise with the love of your life on conflict? conflicting values or move on to find someone with more aligned values i'd rather compromise for sure with the love of my life yeah yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. agreed Ten thousand percent. would you rather ha- have unwavering rules of engagement 100 percent of the time or no rules of engagement 100 percent of the time oh unwavering, unwavering. Yeah. Like we're, we're throwing up the the easiest <laughs> would you rathers here i love these because i think for me and you we yeah, it's always like unwavering rules of engagement. Yeah, I can't even believe you're hesitating over no. there. Like I was, was going to go read the quote again, but that's why. Um, all right, would you rather have perfect communication with your partner from the beginning or come to a better communication style through arguments? Probably through arguments. The arguments themselves oh, are Didn't she fun. say perfect? Would you rather have perfect communication? With your partner from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if, oh. I can have, if I can have perfect communication oh, I'm going to remove the word perfect. Right. Would you rather have mediocre communication? <laughs> <laughs> or get to perfect through arguments? Yes, there you I'd go. I'd rather get to perfect through arguments. Yeah, me too. Because yeah, sure. even the arguments we've had in our life, like, just learned such really valid, um, what's the word? Rules, lessons. Yeah, lessons, yeah. Don't argue about the tea. Don't, I'll tell you that right Right, I mean, that's right like, now. I think, hopefully, it's become like, no, now everyone's like, you're yeah, arguing yeah. about the tea. Like, it was such a revelation. I mean, I can yes. picture where we were. You and I both. I can see the apartment. Um, yeah, very... Do you remember when we turned around on the freeway? I do remember when we turned yeah, around like, on the freeway. Yeah, I was like, fine, we're going back. Another argument, so though, the funny one that always, because of this, it, it ended up amazing when we had the argument at my mum's house. And my mom had two doors. Oh, God. And you opened the first door to storm this out. This is the dumbest style it door ever. D- Can it, we be honest? It was the dumbest what? Style door. You have two it's, doors. No, it's, it's, think about it. It's because of the weather. In England, back uh-huh. in the day, the house is Victorian. Sure. Not to derail 
But anyway, you we shouldn't had, be able to lock yourself in the middle. We have two dolls. You're in the you, punchline. Unfortunately, from experience, <laughs> I know that you can lock yourself in the middle, and it stops you from storming out of the house in a dramatic fashion. But you could go either way. You can leave yes, the front door, and you can get back in. So I did knock. <laughs> I stormed out, like with conviction. Got trapped. Oh, and I remember sitting upstairs, like so annoyed. This is back. I think before, even before we got yeah, married, yeah, yeah. maybe. Jesus, I wouldn't be this dumb yeah, now. Sitting upstairs, and I hear. I'm like, didn't he just storm off? <laughs> I hear the knock, and I come down and I open it, and I remember he just burst into laughter. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna and do? And I did too. It was like the best ending to an argument ever. Yeah. You're like, well, that sucked. <laughs> I think we have yeah, the message hard, you wanted. Hard to to be studly and storm out when you yeah. lock yourself in the little uh, gap. All right, back to the questions. All right, this is from Vincent Wong. Any advice on quickly finding out if a new partner shares the same or similar values, or is it just a matter of time and more dates? Well, I think time and more dates, but like I bet that you could come up with a series of pretty interesting questions to reveal a lot of it fast. In fact, that would be fun if I were back in the dating pool, like getting really good at like interview questions. Would for you dating, do it like would an interview? Yeah, I mean, look, you don't want to create an. A, uh, an environment that provokes anxiety, but yes, like it would be fun to first lower their guard so that they know that I'm not going to attack them or anything like that. But then, like, really get into uh, an efficient way to get through a lot of information. That would be a lot of fun. Well, but I- like my interviews now are meant to make the person feel comfortable. Like it would, you know, I'd be trying to make them feel comfortable. I want to see them at their best. Yeah, I was just going to say, first question you ask them is like, "Oh, have you heard of impact theory?" <laughs> Because if they have, they have a growth the mindset. Question. Yeah, that that is not. Gonna but I be think the first that question. that would be in like that's something I would do, right? What do you do in your spare time? What content do you consume, right? Like if you worked out and watched Impact Theory, then I'd go You're on a second day. Yeah, I mean, right? It's the truth. It's figuring out what they do in their spare time. That would be one thing, to be honest. Um, but even going back to like, look, at some point, it's sometimes your differences. I guess it's values, so values do make a difference. Because um, for us, I think values like our family, we both really had strong values for them. And so mm. that actually was one thing that we connected over. But I was gonna say more like dislikes and likes, is that sometimes having opposite things actually does open you up to new experiences and doing new things. Um, which can be super interesting and fun. So, On values, though, I find that watching how they are is probably far more informative than asking them questions. So one, I might take them somewhere. Um, I might do like a high-low date. Now, I'm thinking of this in real time here. Mm. So imagine taking somebody to like a really fancy restaurant, seeing how they act there, and then like chasing it down with some McDonald's french fries and seeing how they act there. And seeing, like, are they sketched out or weird in either location? Um, are they respectful? How do they handle people? Um, there was one basketball coach, I forget who, might have been Coach Wooden, but I won't swear to that, who would um, have uh, one of the um, floor cleaners come up behind one of the players they were recruiting and spill water mm. and see how the player reacted. And if the player got down to help them clean, then he knew that it was their kind of person. If they berated them or said anything, he was like, there was no way in hell they would, that he would bring them on the team. And I always thought that's really interesting. How What's people, the equivalent of that on a date then? How they treat the waiter is a big mm. one. Like if they show respect, if they're courteous, if they, um, you know, like a big red flag for me would be they're really sweet to the waiter and then as they walk away, they talk shit on them. Mm. Like things like that just would not fly with me. 
Um, so that would be really cool. And then the high-low thing, especially now because we have wealth, like it would be so icky to me to, to be with somebody that's uncomfortable in like the real world. Um, and if they always have to be around posh, you know, stuff, I just would be a way big turnoff for me. Um, so yeah, that's why that makes me think of the high-low thing. That's actually a really good idea. Never even consider that. High-low indeed. All right, because of New York, we're going to have to end this early. Um, but guys, if you are in New York City or are interested in comics, October go 4, 5, 6, and 7. Yep, Steve Aoki is going to be there. Mr. Tom Billu himself is going to be there. I'll be there all four days. Yeah. All true. Um, and if you are into empowering content, comics, and things like that, go follow IT Comics. And guys, in case we haven't mentioned, I have launched a new show called Women of Impact. So go check that out. We now have our vanity, what is it called? URL. URL. I'm YouTube. so excited. YouTube.com forward slash women of impact. And I'm telling you, check this one out. Even if you're a guy, and we don't rehearse this, and people are going to think that we do. We do no, not. We we've don't. never once rehearsed this. I am way into what you're doing. I think it is really special. I think it's like being a spy, if I may, for guys to really get a vibe on what's important to women, especially women that are really trying to do something extraordinary with their lives, the things that they learned as kids, the heartbreaks that they went through that they're trying to help the next generation and overcome. I'm really stoked on this. I know that it's gonna become a massive part of Impact Theory. And by the way, every time I pitch Women of Impact, the book, to um, producers and stuff, they're all like, whoa, that's really clever. I've never and mentioned look, the book, by the way, so this is the first time, oh, so well, spoiler hey, alert. Spoiler, well, no spoilers, <laughs> other than that it is being developed. But people really get that there's something special there. I'm super stoked on this. Um, yeah, I, I really, really believe in it. Thank Follow you. Lisa. I think her content on Instagram is better than most of the content that I put out. She totally inspired me to do my own um, Throwback Thursdays to really Trying be to get raw. To do Transformation Tuesdays now yeah. as well. So, for real, for real, Thank check it baby. out. I think it's amazing content. If I stop Bali? Yeah, see you later. All right, guys. All right, guys. One thing that would help if this show is bringing you value, please do rate and review um, on your podcast app of choice. It, it makes a much bigger difference than you could possibly mm -hmm. imagine. Uh, so we would really, really appreciate that. And if you've ever wanted to do um, just a small act of kindness for the content that we put out, that would be amazing. All right, guys. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Be legendary. He's out. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.